In uncertain days, it is important to remember that our world is getting ready to meet God. We are all getting ready to meet Him. The King is coming. Today, we join Scott Pauley in walking through the final book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. In our world today, so many people are looking for some escape from reality. That is why so many distractions and entertainment and uh, things abound to give people some uh, ability to step into a make-believe world. But I want you to know, we are real people, and we are living in a real world, and we have real needs. And I'm very glad to tell you today that our God understands all of that perfectly. In fact, He understands us better than we understand us. He understands the real needs that we have, and He speaks to those needs. You see, God deals in realities. Uh, people may deal in a figment of the imagination. God always deals in realities. Now, why is that important? Well, we're beginning today our study in Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3 of these seven churches. Now, there's no question that there are prophetic elements here, and uh, there are lots of people who see in these, in these seven churches and in these letters uh, the prophecy, the, the timeline, if you will, of the church age leading up to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And while I believe there is great truth in that, I just want to remind you, first of all, of the most obvious, literal thing, and it is this. These were real churches. These were real pastors. These were real people. They were dealing with real problems. And they had real needs. And a real God spoke to them. So when you come to Revelation chapter 2, and when you come to Revelation chapter 3, uh, don't look at it simply as some future tense thing, rather look at your present condition because God is speaking to us as surely as He spoke to them. Remember, I said to you that Revelation 2 and 3 is summarized by that phrase in Revelation 1.19, the things which are. God always deals with things not as we want them to be, not as we hope they will become, not as they shall be someday. God always deals with us right where we are. So what do we learn from Revelation 2 and 3? Well, we're going to come back and go through each church individually, but would you permit me today just to give a brief overview? In Revelation chapter 2, you find four of these churches. He begins with the church at Ephesus in verses 1 through 7, and then the church in Smyrna, verse 8 down through verse number 11, then the church of Pergamos, beginning in verse 12 down to verse 17, and then the church at Thyatira from verse 18 down through verse number 29. Then when you come to Revelation chapter 3, he deals with three more churches. He begins in chapter 3 with the church at Sardis from verse 1 down through verse 6. Then the church at Philadelphia from verse 7 down to verse number 13. And then the church of the Laodiceans from verse 14 down to verse 22. So there's an easy break here between each of these churches, and yet, though they are individual churches, there are common characteristics. There are threads woven through all of them. Uh, God says, these are, these are things I want all of you to understand right where you are. What are those things? Well, first of all, that we are His church. Look, it's not my church, and it's not your church. It's His church. Uh, you see, he is addressing the church as the founder, as the builder, and as 
uh, the, the one who is the head of the church. It is His church. Every message in Revelation 2 and 3 begins not with the church. If you look at it carefully, every message begins with some statement about Christ Himself. In fact, I would challenge you to do this. Take the seven letters in Revelation 2 and 3 and compare them to the revelation of Jesus Christ found in chapter number 1. Here's what you're going to find. You're going to find that each of these letters in some way harkens back, points back to something that was revealed about who Christ is. You see, it's always Christ and His church. The revelation leads to application. So it's like the Lord would say to each individual church, here's something about me you need to remember. Uh, the church at Ephesus needed a recognition of His presence. The church at Smyrna, a recognition of His power. Uh, the church at Pergamos, a recognition of His word. Uh, the church at Thyatira, a reminder of His justice. Uh, the church at Sardis, reminded of His work. The church at Philadelphia, a reminder of His character. The church of the Laodiceans, a reminder of His truth. The point is this. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus. So, uh, real people, real needs, real truth. Here we go. It is His church, and God wants us to know Him better. Here's something else that's consistent all the way through. It is this. He knows everything about us. He begins each one of these letters with basically the same statement. I know. I know thy works. <laughs> I know what, you, what you've done. I, I know where you are. May I tell you, God knows you better than you know you. Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? In the next verse, the prophet said in the Old Testament, The Lord trieth the hearts. So the Lord Jesus Christ, who said in the gospel records in His first coming that He didn't need anybody to tell, tell Him what was in man. He knew what was in man. He knows what's in His church. Now that's a comfort and a conviction, isn't it? It's a comfort that He knows your needs and your hurts. It's a conviction to know that He knows your sin and your weakness. But the Lord knows us. Here's something else. You're to hold the ground you've already gained. In every one of these churches, he commends some good. Something, he says, I commend you for this. Can I say to you, don't lose the ground you've already gained. Uh, the Lord has done something in you. Don't go back on that. Keep pressing forward. But that leads to the next truth, and it is this, that you're to repent of anything God shows you a sin. You see, in most of these churches, the Lord's going to point out something. Uh, five of the seven churches, the message to them is repent. Repentance is not just for lost people. Repentance is for God's people. And so as surely as the Lord commends, He also convicts. He puts His finger on things and says, this is something that needs to be dealt with. And then, one of the things that jumped out at me, just as a brief overview, a bird's eye view of these churches, is this, that every one of these churches was told to listen to the Holy Spirit. In fact, at the end of each one of these letters, he basically ends the same way. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Oh, dear friend, the Holy Spirit spoke in the inspiration of Scripture. Uh, he spoke in Revelation 2 and 3 through John to these uh, particular pastors and churches. But that same Holy Spirit continues to speak today. God wants us to hear from heaven. He speaks by His Spirit. He speaks through His Word. Uh, he gives messages to His messengers. Each one of these churches has an angel of the church. And remember that angel is a represent, representative of the pastor, the messenger of that church. You may say as a pastor, well, I'm no angel. No, none of us are, but we are in the sense a messenger of the Lord. So listen to God's message through His Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. 
given to you by the Lord's messenger. Why? Because the Holy Spirit wants to speak. He wants to speak to every church, and He wants to speak to every member in every church. One final thought as we part today, and it is this. When you look at the things as they are, though all these churches had problems, all of them were dealing with difficulty internally and externally, there's a note of victory promised for each one of them. You see, Christ's church is always a victorious church. Repeatedly, we have this emphasis on being overcomers. I like that, don't you? And may I say to you, Jesus Christ has made us more than conquerors through Him that loved us. The gates of hell shall not prevail against Christ's church. And so, dear friend, the Lord will help you and wants to work in you right where you are. I would challenge you. Start reading Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. And don't look at it historically. Look at it personally. Don't think of it just prophetically. Think of it practically. What does the Lord want to say to you right where you are? The purpose of all Scripture is to see God. In Revelation, the curtain is pulled back and we are reminded not to simply look at world events, but to look to Christ. We hope you will join us next time as Scott Pauley continues our study through this amazing book of the Bible. You may also join us right now for additional studies and a library of helpful resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find several new features at our online home, and we trust they will be a blessing to you as you walk with God. Plan to visit us each day at enjoyingthejourney.org, and we look forward to returning to Revelation on our next broadcast. Keep your eyes on Christ and look up. The King is coming.